Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Michigan mounting a defense here, not uh, against Penn State. They will do that on Saturday. This is against the accusations about sign stealing. What's funny, Perloff, is like they're not really disputing anything that Connor Stallions, the guy in the in the, in the middle of the scandal, did. Yeah. What they're basically saying is you're not giving us due process here. You've got to wait until this whole thing plays out, which could not happen during the season. Yeah, I mean, ironically, it would be much easier to put up a defense against Penn State's <laughs> offense right now than yeah. these allegations. That's true. They fired Stallions, so Stallions is out of the building. He resigned. Oh, whatever. They basically, in their report, they said that Stallions is no longer here, and they actually said that's one of the reasons you should not come down on us now, which I don't totally Uh. understand. Yeah, I know. It's a a little weak. There there were some weak aspects of their defense. One of the main things I keep saying is, hey, we're going to bring everyone else down. They had our signs, too. I think... I think that's a valid reason. I know you're calling it what is what aboutism, yeah. but I do think there is some validity to that. It, how egregious is this really if everybody's doing it? Well, I think they realized that Connor Stallions was going to these games, he was breaking the rules, and he was doing something that definitely gave Michigan an advantage. You know, the other schools potentially having Michigan signs, we don't really know when we don't have dates like Connor Stallion, we've got ticket receipts. We've got StubHub receipts. We've got, you know, maybe he was on the sideline of Central Michigan. We still don't know that. But you can have dates and times and data points. I feel like for the other uh, part of this, which is the other teams uh, in the Big Ten sharing Michigan signs, allegedly, we don't know exactly when, who, what weeks did they have them, were they? Right, have- but what, the end result was the same. Well, but... For how, like, was it? And did they have the right signs? I don't like, know. I saw the I saw the sheet with the Michigan signs. And obviously, Ohio State not going to not use that. I don't know. I, I think there's so much more to still be determined about that part of the investigation. And sure, investigate that. Do it. But we know with Michigan, there's enough smoking gun evidence here that rules were broken. And to think that Harbaugh didn't know is, like, beyond the pale. That so, doesn't, doesn't pass the, uh, you know, common sense test. But the other part of this, so they set an advanced scout. I mean, talking death penalty for that? I, who cares? Well, it's, that's a, it's a minor argument. infraction. See, that's a different argument. And I think that's where it depends who you talk to about who thinks. You know, that's what, funny. What, people what, in Ohio think it is the worst <laughs> thing that could ever happen. People in other states don't care. No, well, like what, um, like how much of an advantage or, you know, how much you were able to benefit from this. Now, that's something that feels like there's opinions on that that sway between yeah. different college football coaches and players from from a little to a lot. Meanwhile, the rule being broken, yeah. there's nothing, there's no gray area there. They broke the rule, he definitely. Broke the rule. So but there it, you go. if a team, if Michigan wasn't the number two team in the country, or I don't know if they're two or three, two yeah, in three, AP, yeah. they're, they're basically the second best team. And if they didn't have Jim Harbaugh as a coach, if this was any minor program or even mid-level big conference team doing this, we, it wouldn't even barely make a headline. Well, but also they probably would get punished. You know? Yeah, punishment. This mi- is. Least- I mean, and when you say punishment, it would be so minor that wouldn't even make a headline. Well, this might still be minor too. I mean, the fact that is Michigan. 
definitely plays into it because you can't hide when you're Michigan. You can't hide when you're Alabama. You can't hide when you're Georgia. These are the teams, Texas. These are the teams that we actually, that we do care about. So you benefit from that when you're Michigan and you're going to get this, the wrath when you are found to do something wrong. Right. But it speaks to the severity of the penalty. If this happened and it was, let's say Maryland or let's say Vanderbilt or some lesser program, they take a scholarship away and find them a hundred thousand dollars and it'd be a side note. It would not be this massive story. So ultimately the crime is not that bad, but because they're Michigan, the crime is getting elevated into this James Bond evil villain conspiracy plot and Connor stallions. Who knows what kind of things he was doing disguises and, and proteges and, different counter stallions clones are showing up. This is all because of Michigan. I just don't think the original penalty is bad at all. Okay. Well, it's again, barely a slap on the wrist is merited here. Well, again, that is Michigan's, I don't say fault for hiring this guy. I mean, was this the first time they had ever thought, Hmm, I wonder what Connor's up to. Like, I'm sure there were, might've been some, there may have been some signs previously that this dude was like all in, wow. in a way that, you know, may have been a little compromising for the program. The other part, too, is why I think it's not just about Michigan. That does play a bit because it's like a glamour program in college football, but also because look at how well they've been doing since this sign-stealing saga allegedly started. This was a program that had Jim Harbaugh take a pay cut. The vultures were circling. The alumni were ticked off. This was not a given that Jim Harbaugh was going to be a success, and then all of a sudden... They turned it around. Now you could say, well, they got J.J. McCarthy and they finally got a quarterback. Okay, maybe that's part of it. They got Aiden Hutchinson. And Blake Corum came back, too. Okay, but still, like, there is, there was a struggle that happened for Michigan and then they turned it around. And now we're seeing that the sign stealing happened right around the time of the turnaround. It's not nothing. Uh, You could also argue their draft, they've gotten better and better and better. They're getting moving higher up the NFL draft board. So they're clearly getting more NFL players in there. And also Jim Harbaugh, it's he's had a lot of success in his career. He got to a Super Bowl in the NFL, sure. had incredible success in college before he got to Michigan. So you can't say he did this all because of sign stealing. He obviously can coach. I didn't say all. I'm just saying that there this the timing of this I think also adds okay. to the intrigue. So if they beat Ohio State again, are you willing to let go of that argument? Um He's not going to have any sign advantage there. No, I I don't know. I mean, that could be because, you know, Ohio State has played some really tight games. I think this is going to be a tight game. They play tight games against good teams. They're not blowing people out. And their quarterback is not as good as J.J. McCarthy. Kyle McCord isn't, does not have the experience. Right. So it's quality of team. It's not because of sign ceiling. I, I totally understand. I'm playing devil's advocate you know, here it. to an extent. I can't imagine that the sign ceiling was so egregious. Then again, there is the TCU game where TCU changed their science and shocked Michigan. Nobody had TCU winning that game. So there could be something. I think- And TCU member said, we like did this on purpose. We yeah. knew they had our signs and we kind of baited them into it. And then they're celebrating after. I wonder, this is so much bulletin board material for those Michigan players. They need to prove that they can do this without the signs. Maybe that makes them tight, but maybe it makes them so fired up. They're going to come out. Not that you need any motivation for Ohio State, but they're going to come out like a house on fire for that game. Well, Penn State first. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not taking Penn State seriously. Yeah, I don't know. If it's this, in Penn State. That's the scary thing. The one thing about Penn State, and this is just a little more of the X's and O's, like 
are you going to be able to have any explosive plays against Michigan? Because you haven't had any explosive plays. And, like, this is a defense in Michigan that's really good. So that that's well, my question. I think that – I understand what you're saying, but when you think back to the big games that James Franklin has won – you're going to be thinking for a long time because they don't exist. So I just think this is a big game, and James Franklin has not done well. He's an amazing recruiter. He has not done well in this situation. If you want to watch the show, there's two ways you can do it. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. In our chat, the Weedos and the coffee drinkers are hanging out. RK Paris says... Sign stealing is the equivalent of card counting in Vegas. Ask the casinos how, quote unquote, nothing that is. Do you see Wait. sign stealing as card counting? I think card counting is a little. So does that mean, I mean, keep in mind, everybody is sign stealing in college football. Yeah, not everyone's card counting. Yeah, card counting, I think, is a little rare. And the other thing, you and I, the four of us right now could figure out what some of these signs are because they're open. They're on television. That's the funny thing about this. Everyone says, oh, Michigan signs were out there. Ohio State got Michigan signs. Well, those were taken off TV. Well, it's so easy to take the signs. What what big difference does it make if they're in person or not? Meanwhile, the bet for our show on how far Michigan goes this year, and if they make it to the college football playoff, do they win a game? Do they not wear a game? Uh, win a game? The stakes of the bet are the loser has to wear a wrestling spandex. This is in honor of Ric Flair um, going to Michigan. Whole whole programs turned heel, so why not have Ric Flair come? And our own CBS Sports Radio handle in the chat says, this. I feel like this isn't a punishment for Perloff. Yeah, I, you I, wearing wrestling spandex would not. I, be I'm curious. Punishment. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of <laughs> like the chili bet. Yeah, I, I'm curious what this would be like. Um, I am a little bit worried when I dress up as a soccer player, George Best, the famed Man United star, there was a bit of an issue in the lower regions yeah. of sort of containing things. Your shorts were extremely short. Yeah, there was a blur job. Yeah. Now, I do worry. <laughs> That's funny. I kind of worry about that singlet. That's Say not an that issue. five times fast. A blur job. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Good morning, things, everybody. Things were blurred. Let's put it that <laughs> yeah. way. With the singlet, that's the part. Not my scrawny arms, not my scrawny legs. How do you sort of hide that part of your body? Well, Anybody? I mean, it's not like a thong. <laughs> yeah, but I always see those wrestlers. Give us five minutes. Those loser wrestlers, coming. I always notice. I'm like, oh, that is not a good look. Oh. It is kind of like a thong. It's not that different. No, it's not like rikishi. Like you know, like it's a fa- like you can get a single that you know goes down to like halfway down your thigh. Like an old happen. school one. Yeah. Wait. Like a Kurt Angle. Like yeah. Kurt Angle wore a singlet. He, or it wasn't big like, show. Yeah. No, you know, I'm not saying that things will peek out of the bottom of this. <laughs> it's not well, a Dirk Diggler situation. <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying. Talking about the bulge. I'm saying the bulge because it's so tight around that area. No, you wait, really think highly of yourself, bro? EJ. Long. No, I, that was EJ. I, I was not thinking about short shorts. I was thinking about. Tight. Yeah, being Chester too United tight. Shorts. <laughs> <laughs> they were also white. <laughs> and the lights in here, this is TV lighting. This is unforgiving. It's very bright. So anything white gets a little translucent. Yeah, I'm just saying that there might be tape involved if I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and by the way, EJ, you laugh. This could be you just as easily. Yeah, I know. This is a me and EJ are in this I together. Wonder, Maggie, though, you're going to... Thelma gonna... and Louise, you and I going over the cliff, EJ. I feel like, Maggie, you're going to address like Jane Fonda in an 80s exercise video <laughs> in the singlet. So I don't know. What does that mean for a woman to wear a singlet? I mean, I'll I'll figure out something. 
I, I'm going to pay it off. You guys know I always pay off my my bets and my yeah, debts. Yeah, but is that a bad? You could do the Olivia Newton-John outfit. Why is that a that is I mean, a bad it's thing? Still for pretty you? skimpy. <laughs> it's not something I would choose to wear. But you get to wear a shirt underneath. The I do singlet. have to wear a shirt, or else I yeah. might get escorted out of the building. Otherwise, yes, in uh, handcuffs. Although I'd be a lot more popular on the internet. I, yeah, it'd make a great viral clip, but I don't know if the FCC will allow us <laughs> to do this. Yes, well, it'd be theater of the mind. So. Yeah, there's gonna be no theater of the mind if me or EJ has to wear the singlet. <laughs> that's gonna not. be that's gonna be spelled out for you right there, <laughs> right in center. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Okay, got a change that's coming for one Super Bowl contender, but does it look a bit like a panic move? We're gonna get to that in just a moment, Maggie and Perloff, and you on CBS Sports Radio. Don't move. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. All you NFL fans out there like me, we're all going to be put to the test tonight. Can we find a reason to watch the Chicago Bears play the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> um, Why? Why? <laughs> I mean, here's what I got for you. At least it's a football game. That's all I got. <laughs> it's a football game. We get Salty Al Michaels. We get all of that. Uh, meanwhile, tomorrow is going to be a big day for one of us. The more that we are learning about each other uh, as we're starting the new show, and we'll get to the uh, NFL Super Bowl contender that's panicking in just a minute, but... The more we are learning about each other and getting to know each other on the show, we're learning more about each other's, like, strengths and and weaknesses or, you know, strengths or pitfalls. Yep. Turns out EJ has not been exposed to certain foods that are extremely popular in this country. Case in point, never had a McGriddle. That is true. And, oh, never had one. <laughs> thank you, Manny. Oh, Manny, yeah, wow. I know. See? Big McDonald's guy. Yeah, they're not even a sponsor of the show. This is all free because obviously they could use it. Um, <laughs> but there was something else we found out, EJ, at breakfast yesterday that you've never had. Yeah, I've never had Eggs Benedict. Right. Right. I don't understand how you've been able to avoid it this long. Meanwhile, Eggs Benedict. That I can see. Number one seed <laughs> when it comes to breakfast food. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of complicated. If you want to do a number one seed, don't you have to do something like eggs or bacon or pancakes? It's got like... all of that. It's got eggs. It's got Canadian bacon, and it's got English muffin. I'm not sure Eggs Benedict is as wildly popular as you think it is right now. It's you... on every menu. You can get it at IHOP. Eggs Benedict? I don't think that's a bestseller. Is do it? Does everyone love hollandaise? Like I don't. Like, See, that, that, that's what kind of takes me out of it. I, I actually like to substitute Bernays. For holidays, okay. I don't know. I why. never know the difference of those two. Yeah, Bernays would taste better, but eggs Benedict definitely number one seed. And you can have variations. You could put smoked salmon on it, spinach if you're you now, know, trying Benedict, to help. So, so that's also a poached egg. It is right? a poached egg. See, yeah. I'm not. That's another thing. So there's two strikes against it for me. Why I haven't tried it? I, Hollandaise sauce, yeah. uh, and then poached egg probably the the last option I choose for how to eat my eggs. Really? Yeah. I think McGriddles are more popular than. Eggs Benedict. Well, oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's a McGriddles yeah. at McDonald's. So, yeah, probably. McDonald's uh, is not doing Eggs Benedict yet. Quick side note. I saw a story on the internet 
five things to avoid at McDonald's from former McDonald's employees. I did not click on that, and I will Do never. Not. I will never <laughs> click on that. Well, well, I, I, spoiler alert: uh, McRib is definitely probably yeah. number one. <laughs> McRib will live in infamy. I don't know if anyone eats it, but yeah. I would even put. I'm going to radical take care. I put a McGriddle over Eggs Benedict. I love Eggs Benedict. But the McGriddle has this advantage. When you get syrup on and you mix the salty and the sweet, there is nothing better in this world. It gives it, and these are both nearly perfect foods. I love Eggs Benedict too. Yeah. But I think that you need bacon and you need sausage. You need you need a little bit more. Well, there is. There's Canadian bacon. I know it's Canadian it's bacon. Yeah. Um. All right. So we found out things that EJ has not eaten yet, and we're going to try to rectify that soon. Peter, you look like you want to say something here. Yeah, I'm not really much of a breakfast person. Is I that like right? I like bagels, pancakes, plain nothing on them. What? Like, Why would I'm you have a plain no eggs? Wait, nothing. You're not a syrup person. No, give me a plate of stack of giant pancakes as high as you want. Not one drop of anything on it. Just butter. dry. No dry. butter. Completely dry. Sausage on the side. You're a madman. What are you? Same with waffles. I'm not. I don't really like waffles. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like you'll waffles? Find that I, <laughs> it's just I, really odd to like. I know we've known each other a long time, but yeah. you're going to find that we were going to work together a little bit here and yeah. there when I fill in for Bogues. That I'm very strange with a lot of things. Well, it's almost like you're saying I love ice cream, but I don't want the ice cream. Just give me the cone. It's like I'll just eat the cone. Well, I'd eat the ice cream without the cone. So you're saying the syrup is the ice cream? I yeah, like that. Like now, the syrup's yeah. kind of like the. It's the vehicle. Yeah, yeah the cone is fine, but you don't you don't get ice cream for yeah, the this. This blew somebody, a friend of the family. This blew her mind the other day too when I when I revealed this yeah, about I'm pancakes. So stack of pancakes, plain, nothing on it. You're not. I will literally like throw up if I see syrup on it. Weird. So what about so what about like like chocolate chip pancakes? No, plain, or? nothing. No powdered sugar, Listen, nothing. He plain. wants to eat rubber. <laughs> Just let him eat it. <laughs> plain. Just rubbery pancakes. Might be the worst take of the day. It's well, bad. I, listen, it's my take. Then I'm fine with it. I have to be honest. You don't look like somebody who's been avoiding breakfast to me. <laughs> well, like it looks so like I make up for it the rest like, of the day. I'm not saying you're overweight. You're a big That's guy. That's right. Bring the fat guy into the. No, yard you're a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the sickest burn Perloff's ever done on the show. No, you're no. not a mean person. You're you're a big guy. You yes. obviously like to eat. I know this because we've talked about it. Oh yeah. So how can breakfast is the best meal? Why would you no, not like to eat that? Give me a plate of buffalo wings. The like, oh, like, like more things happen. Guy. Like the I. Save the big stuff for later in the day. But you're a savory guy, clearly. You're not yeah. a sweets. You're a savory. Yeah. So like, you know, we go I mean, out for breakfast. My family like I... and I will go to a, we'll go to a pancake house. We'll go to the diner, or whatever, and I'll always order pancakes for breakfast. When we go out, I will order always order pancakes. Just nothing on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think breakfast is like I don't want to say overrated, but I will take dinner over breakfast every day of the week. Mm. Well, like dinner's breakfast. a dinner's a number one seed, but a great brunch is amazing. Breakfast food is I I like breakfast for dinner. I last yeah. night I had eggs and sausage for dinner. Wow, that's that's twice then for you. Yeah, I know because we all went to breakfast together. It, yeah, and yesterday there were. I had a meal that had grits, home fries, bacon, eggs, and there was something else there. That's an amazing. Are you meal. a farmer now? <laughs> what are you eating? <laughs> that's all you. It ate was yesterday. called the Abe Lincoln breakfast. <laughs> yes, I know. I was sitting next to you. I yeah, didn't realize you continued that once we all parted ways. I I love breakfast food. I love bacon. I put bacon in every meal if I could. Are you are you a bacon person? I think the smell's better than the taste. Oh gosh, smelling. Toast, I like toast turkey really bacon. Oh toast. my! <laughs> See, I'm never going to get invited back to filming for folks now. No, I guess. Wait, dry pancakes and turkey bacon? Yeah. You understand this is quite 
against the grain. <laughs> you are you're invited back to the show, just I can't promise you any breakfast. Tonight. Well, like, well, I'll just you can come to breakfast. You're just not making a... breakfast for us because nobody wants. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't mind what you order. Uh, it was fun yesterday. We because of the time of the show, we can't really do happy hours. You know, for unless you guys want to start drinking at 10:30 in the morning, in which case I could be persuaded. Uh, we have to do breakfast around here. Okay. So that's what we did yesterday, and I think it went well. We I didn't know Proloff was going to eat. Oh, two I would have spoiled the party. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that would have been sad. We, we could do a boozy brunch on a Friday. Yeah, we could. Definitely. But you, that's really a, a weekend thing. I I don't think there were a lot of people. We were at a, a high end breakfast place. There's no one really drinking at all. Also, Everybody had green juice. Boozy breakfast. There was vodka in there. Uh, boo, no, I'm just kidding. Boozy breakfast though. It's like you really gotta clear your schedule for the rest of the day. Yeah. Because once yeah. you start yes. drinking before 11 a.m., you're not getting anything done. Unless you are that rare person who uh-huh. well, puts a little Baileys in your coffee or something, but you kind of have to just say, like, this day, I'm not doing anything. That day. is why self-help. So you're saying don't get hammered before 11 if you hope to have a productive <laughs> day. <laughs> Follow me for more tips. Uh, okay. There's that song by Little Big Town, Day Drinking, so, I mean, it's got to be, I would think people drink for breakfast. Oh, yeah, kegs and eggs. I mean, we've all yeah. dabbled. If you want to be at your optimal at work, Best not to go in the bathroom and down a flask of vodka. <laughs> that is from Maggie Gray yeah, herself. I, <laughs> and you got her through her 20s. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so you know, CBS Sports Minute. I know. They call me a guru. Um, quickly, <laughs> before we get to the headlines with Peter, a big change coming to the San Francisco 49ers. And they've lost three straight. Perloff, the defense has not looked like itself. So yet again, we get a coordinator who's going to be coming out of the booth and now down to the field. Steve Wilkes, the defense yeah. coordinator, is going to be on the field when they come off their bye week and go to Jacksonville this weekend. I actually have an even better move. Mm. How about Steve Wilkes comes out of the booth, down the field, out the exit. <laughs> Robert Sala comes back in that exit, gets on the field, and coaches this defense because it's clearly... After the Dallas game, it's not the same defense that it's been under D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala. They just don't look as aggressive. Maybe that's get you know. Maybe it's not a scheme thing. It's an energy thing because that's the only explanation I can come up with. First, Perloff says that Peter doesn't look like he's skipping any breakfast. Then he tells Steve Wilkes to come out of the booth, go down yeah. to the field, get in his car, and drive yeah. away. You are really on one today. Well, I mean, D'Amico Ryan is that the biggest loss to the offseason? The San Francisco. I, it's confusing. Not because they the were first inc- five games. They, they were incredible crushing. against Dallas. They can't. People figured out. They can't stop the run. And if you stop their run, they can't hold on to the ball. And the defense is out there more. You know, I because I've been sort of lauding them as a Super Bowl team, and now I don't know. Is this move? What does this move do? Explain this kind of thing to me. Okay, so I've been hard on the 49ers because I did not think Brock Purdy was an MVP candidate. I thought that was crazy to be talking about that, and I did think they looked obviously they looked vulnerable. I applaud this move. I applaud when teams do whatever it takes. If this helps you 2%, you know, the Steelers thought that Matt Canada, they they thought they got some kind of, you know, tangible benefit of him coming down from the booth. Do whatever you can. If he was on the sideline, put him up in the booth. If he's up in the booth, put him down the sideline. You got to figure this out because the 49ers can't afford to have a, you know, this this losing streak continue yep. if we're going to take them seriously. They also are going to get Debo Samuel back. That's huge. That'll help the defense in an amazing, in an enormous way. They haven't been able to play complimentary football. Debo gives you first downs. Trent Williams did not practice yesterday, yeah. so we're not sure about the left tackle. Uh, and you get Chase Young. You you made a change at the deadline. You brought in Chase Young. Like they're doing everything. Seems like they're doing everything possible. They're leaving no stone unturned. You know what the 
to me, the biggest concern, and this is totally random, Fred Warner does not look anything like the player that was there last year. He's he's not chasing down the run. He's not affecting the quarterback. He was a defensive player of the year guy. If you watch the Niners now, they're killing that level of the field where the linebackers are. It's total bizarre football. I blame Steve Wilkes. We'll see. I, I expect them to fix this anyway. I still think they're going to be a 12-win team, 11-win team. What are they, 5-3 and three now? They're still going to win a bunch of games. But Steve Wilkes, I mean... You don't follow D'Amico Ryans. It's very hard, who's clearly an outstanding coach. And all of a sudden, your defense isn't aggressive. This is going to come down on him. In the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio or twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. Our pal Mike in California has some advice. Grandma always said that you can't say you drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Now, that is a woman I would have liked to met. <laughs> Peter's here. He's got headlines. Good morning. Good morning. Let's start in Denver. Nuggets were clinging to a three-point lead over the Warriors in the final second. Reggie Jackson to win the game for Denver with three and a half seconds to go at Ball Arena. Needs this free throw to do just that. Missed it. Rebound. They could tie it up with the three. Paul over to Thompson. Got to shoot it. Oh, it fell out of his hands at the horn. And the Denver Nuggets sweep the five-game homestand and remain undefeated at home. That was the voice of Jason Kosmicki on Nuggets Radio. Nuggets over the Warriors, 108-105. Head coach Michael Malone's team with another strong performance. Couldn't be more proud of our group. I mean, I think 8-1 and is our record, and we've played with a few other teams the most games in the NBA to this point uh, to be undefeated at home. Um, and to get off to the start that we've gotten off to is uh, I couldn't be more proud of that group in there. Nuggets are a perfect 6-0 and at home. Nikola Jokic, 35 points, 13 rebounds. Now to Madison Square Garden, where first overall pick Victor Weminyama made his first appearance on Broadway, and it did not go very well. Brunson crosses the key, goes back out to the left elbow to kill some time. Eight seconds to go on the shot clock. Under four, distant three, drains it. Ha-ha! <laughs> 116 to 99 with 3.45 to go. That was Don LaGreca on Knicks Radio. Knicks beat the Spurs 126 105. Jalen Brunson led the Knicks with 25 points. They were chanting overrated at yeah. Wemby. I feel like that's the kind of thing that comes around to bite you. Were, were you there last night, Channing? No, I would have. <laughs> but you saw the game last night. Are you scared of Wemby right now? I He no. looked very, very ineffective. He's been up and down a little He's bit. 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of lackluster, actually. And it was Perloff back there holding up the sign. <laughs> but, no, I was, I was in Brooklyn yelling Daryl Morey at James Harden. <laughs> it's a big night. Daryl Morey. Victor Webinyama with just 14 points. He needs to bulk up a little bit. Maybe he should have a stack of pancakes. Yeah, no syrup. No syrup. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> NBA he score. He should have syrup. Yeah, well, to each his own. Uh, other games last night, you had the 76ers over the Celtics, 106-103. Joel Embiid at 27 points. The Wizards topped the Hornets, 132-116. Overtime in Chicago, the Suns over the Bulls, 116-115. Week 10 NFL beginning tonight with a great one in Chicago. The Bears hosting the Panthers. Bears quarterback Tyson Badgett looking ahead to the game. Our preparation through this short week, uh, done a great job um, as a team and as just an individual of getting the play call sheet all together, what we're looking for with everything. So feeling feeling uh, confident going into this game. You know what's cool about Tyson Badgett is like, what, however this ends with the NFL mm-hmm. stuff, we know what is going to happen next. His grandfather was an arm wrestler. Oh, His dad okay. is an arm wrestler. 
And eventually, I think he will go in the family business. <laughs> he's going to be on ESPN The Ocho in uh, a couple of years. I think he's got a 10-year career as a backup quarterback. Can you can you be a 10-year NFL player who goes into arm wrestling? I guess you could. There's no age limit. You right? could have a side hustle. Why not? And how old are arm wrestlers? Do I you think lose it's it in your third? Is it? Yeah. It's not like NFL wide receiver when you're 31, <laughs> you're washed like up. Like a running back. I think it's like old man strength. You know, as I think you so. get older, I think you're still er, you know, strong. Great underrated movie, in my opinion. Was Don't say over, over the top. Over the top. Oh, oh, I love that movie. What a great movie. That's a great movie? Yes, I think that's a great movie. On the waterfront, over the top. Yeah. That's one and one A. I watch a Sylvester Stallone documentary on Netflix. It's the number one movie on Netflix right now. They didn't even mention over the top. (laughs) They went through all his movies, and they kind of, Sylvester put that one to the side. Wait a minute, did he talk about the um, rivalry with Schwarzenegger? Oh, yeah, big time. Although, and he said, this was Sylvester's documentary compared to Arnold's, that his numbers were consistently better than Arnold's. I don't remember it that way. I thought Arnold was... Equal star, if not better. Honestly, I think the only reason that Sly Stallone has a documentary is because Arnold had the documentary 100%. and talked about his rivalry with Stallone. Yeah, and Arnold was in the Sly. They're good friends now, but they laughed. Are they? Yeah, they're best friends. They did the Expendables together. I think it's frenemies. <laughs> I they're still competitive. The, no, he said that they were super competitive in the 80s, and they started laughing about it in the 90s. I mean, they're quite old now. They're in their 70s. Do mm-hmm. you think they're still? No, I think I you mean, let that go. If they were Hubie Brown, they'd just be right still 20 yeah. more years left in the career. Arnold said one thing that was funny. He said, "We our big competition was who could hold the bigger gun in one arm. And I realized that's a signature of an 80s movie, that you had a machine gun that you were holding with one arm. Which is something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of steroids, in my opinion, going on there. <laughs> Uh, kickoff tonight in Chicago. Opinion. I think that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> 8.15 Eastern time. Who thinks there's a chance that Al Michaels calls in sick? <laughs> this is, again. Like, is there another play-by-play guy like on the ready in case Al Michaels calls in sick tonight? He loves this. He's getting paid a lot to work a couple days a week. <laughs> He's already a legend. This is We got to stop feeling bad for Al. <clears throat> He's doing just fine. College football tonight, number 11, Louisville will host Virginia. Baseball yesterday, the Angels naming Ron Washington their new manager. Now to hockey in Las Vegas. Right side, Petrangelo shot block. Byfield broke a stick and there to clear it down. Empty net. A goal! Andre Kopitar, the empty net goal for career goal number 400. That was Nick Nixon on Kings Radio. Kings over the Golden Knights for nothing. There you go. Peter, thank you so much. Uh, coming up, of course, you're welcome to call in 855-212-4CBS. Uh, Perloff getting some support online for one of his takes from earlier about who the coolest athlete mm-hmm. is in sports right now. We'll get that to you in just a moment. Also, the one person we did not realize we had beef with on this show, but apparently we do. So we'll get to that. Don't move. Lots more to do. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, earlier in the show, we kind of, quite frankly, kind of stumbled into a conversation about who the coolest athlete is in sports right now because of Victor Webinyama, terrible night last night uh, in Madison Square Garden, but impossibly cool dude. Seven foot five, fashionable. French. Definitely the French part helps, but, you know, speaks really good English and has this sort of mystique. Yeah. And he's the next thing. So that automatically kind of makes you cool. So we started doing our top five coolest athletes. And one of the ones that Perloff picked, we were pretty shocked. In fact, this is our shot of the day. He shoots! He scores! 
And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. It is not the shot of the day, is it? <laughs> it is the shot of the day. Yes, it is. Uh, Perloff surprise answer. Surprise to a lot of us. I'm surprised to me that you're surprised. Soak that up. About who one of the coolest athletes is in sports. Number three, I'm going with Amon Ra St. Brown on the Lions. He is getting so much hype, and everybody loves him. He's a St. Brown, so he has this crazy backstory. Oh. Amon Ra St. Brown is the emerging star in the NFL that he's I think— the co- what, He's the third coolest athlete in the NFL, in, well, in his sports, right? I was either going to do Amon Ra St. Brown or Puka Nakua. Those are my—I did want to do an NFL wide receiver. You did Shea Gilgis-Alexander. This, I, but Shea is an all-NBA all uh, second-teamer. Yeah, but Puka Nakua. <laughs> He's like a fantasy darling. <laughs> Puka Nakua is a He's a red system hot. guy. <laughs> Sound like Perlo. You went with the system argument? <laughs> I did. I've been sitting next to you for too long. I obviously picked the uh, picked cool names. Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Puka Nakua are two amazingly cool names. But I have numbers on Amon Ra. He's leading the league in catches per game. He's fifth in yards per game. He's definitely a top five receiver on one of the best teams in the league. His name is Amon Ra St. Brown. He speaks German and French, but this is what really took it over the top. I read this Jared Goff quote. Certain guys are different, and I want to make a comparison, but I don't want it to sound crazy. The way he is in the weight room and on the field are very similar in my experience with Aaron Donald. Like it's business, business, business. He works harder than everybody on the team. He is the star of this team, and guess what? Get ready for the Detroit Lions. They have this easy schedule. They're going to be the number one seed. And okay. you're a Detroit Lions fan, too. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be the breakout star of this team by far. Listen, you can make a lot of money betting on Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm not going to fight you there. However, you said part of the criteria here was that when other athletes walk in the room, they want to get their picture taken with this person. So that's why <laughs> okay. people like Otani and Wemby and Joe Burrow. Well, you're not going to want to get your picture with Jared Goff. You go in that Lions locker room. Who's your guy? It's, it may be Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. But that's why Jared Goff isn't anywhere near this list. <laughs> but no. Aiden Hutchinson is not cool. Amon Ra is really That's why cool. Aiden Hutchinson is not anywhere near this list. We're talking about <laughs> coolest people in sports, well, like, period. When Benyama speaks French... Amon Ross St. Brown is the only player who speaks German, French, and English fluently. <laughs> Wait I a minute. Webinyama's from France. He doesn't get extra credit there for speaking French. No, I'm just saying there is an international appeal. Amon Ross St. Brown is the world's NFL player. Not <laughs> <Okay. that. laughs> he is a fascinating guy. His numbers are unbelievable. I'm sure Travis Kelsey is now 100 times more famous amongst fam- international know, but people. Nothing, but he's dating the nerdiest woman in pop culture and Taylor Swift. There's nothing the cool about her. She's about to start the South American leg of the tour. My 10-year-old daughter thinks Taylor Swift is cool. There's nothing cool about her. Well, youth is part of this. Uh, meanwhile, do you see Travis Kelsey is going to go to Argentina? That is cool. I will admit that. For the beginning of her tour. That is not an easy jaunt. I mean, I'm sure he's flying private or whatever, but getting to Argentina, that's a long trip. It's like a nine hour. Isn't it like a nine hour flight to get to Buenos Aires from the East Coast? Well, Midwest, I guess. I don't know. I know how Ross St. Brown is a man of the world. I think he would probably do something like this. He's, uh, Travis Kelsey is kind of approaching Dennis Rodman levels of like where he's taking this relationship. I mean, I'm talking about the travel. Mm, yeah, uh, going to Vegas you know, in the middle of the finals. Vegas in the middle of the finals. You know, we saw Travis Kelsey going to New York. You know, when they played on Thursday night. Now he's flying to you know Argentina on a but, bye week. Don't forget he was on. He was on the Philly sidelines for a Sunday night game. Right, too. there was that too. Like he's kind of really pushing the the, the envelope here. I have to be honest, like that, it's not your average like bi week destination. No, 
I don't know how many guys are going to Buenos Aires or that. That's how long can he really be there? Yeah, that's another one. You're going to get down there for two days. At least you don't have to really deal with the time difference. I think it's well, you do have an advantage lined up with the U.S. Your coach is Andy Reid. He's 147 and 0 off a bye. (laughs) So basically, he's got a a guaranteed. They play the Eagles, but he's got a guaranteed win here. He'll be fine. Travis Kelsey is defying all expectations. He's 34. He is not slowed down at all. He could any player can do this. He can do this. I don't know how he does it, but he's doing it. Also, as if like we're not already just you know the Kelsey's world and we're all living in it. Yesterday, we told you that Jason Kelsey was a finalist for People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Let that sink in. And then now, Travis Kelsey is the number one People Magazine sexiest athlete alive. Yeah, I don't see it. This is a this is a star <laughs> turn for the Kelseys that I just did not see coming. Yeah, it's. I think that whoever was making the list looked at the metrics of their podcast and wanted to get more more <laughs> bang the for their buck here. And Travis Kelsey, if he was not dating Taylor Swift right now, he probably would not have been number one on this list. You think? <laughs> definitely I mean, not. A, the dude did have his own dating show. He was definitely in that the people. That was a joke, though. Wait, wait, wait. The guy is pretty good looking, though. He he hosted Saturday Night Live before Taylor. There, he's always crossed over, and he was clearly going to be a movie guy. Uh, So there's a reason here. Actually, I'm looking at these pictures of people. He's a little sexy. It's fine. It's just (laughs) I didn't think it'd be one and and two Kelsey brothers. Yeah, I I think I think they jumped the shark with Jason. Like like you could you could have sold me on Travis, and we all understand what's happening with the Swift thing. But okay, he's you know kind of more conventional, good looking, tall, muscular, good bone structure. Jason, again, no disrespect to him, great guy. It seems like. But you jumped the shark when you told me Jason Kelsey was next to Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same, same with those yeah. guys, EJ. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was exactly the but the thing is, I don't think of them. There are certain really good-looking athletes. I, I thought this list was not necessarily the best-looking athletes. Like, there are certain football players who look like models. Right, right. I get that. But yeah. what is the sex appeal exactly about Jason Kelsey? Well, he's like a protector, a big teddy bear. That's sexy? Well, to you know, he's sexy so- in the husband kind of way you yeah. know there's i've heard that i i'm i don't know no, it's no, not there's sexy something like me. biological about women like when guys you know there's like this goes back to probably the caveman days you know cave woman days there's something biological about right, that. Right, right. but um but yeah like you still could find like you might well, find a, I, a sexier lineman maybe not offensive but like defensive say you know, Paul barkley no, offensive linemen, it's hard to find sexy offensive linemen. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think you Maybe could have gone with end. a pass rusher or something. And yeah, yeah. Get the same vibe. The quarter- supposed to be like a fantasy effect towards when you're talking about someone's sex appeal. Yeah, right. Like, I, mean, I feel like Jason Kelsey, I can go to Williamsburg tomorrow and find <laughs> 10 of those at the bar. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I said about this list. Steph Curry is Mr. Family Guy in the NBA. I don't feel like he perceives as sexy. Uh, he's so I would pick a twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. I I'd, I'd pick a twenty-one-year-old rising star who's not married yet to put on this list. That's all I'm, I'm right. saying. I'm not saying Steph Curry's not good-looking, but it, I'll tell you, Kelly Oubre, the newest Sixer, he's a handsome man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is. I know, but <laughs> Mandy, you guys have a lot of opinions. <laughs> By the uh, way, Mandy, you you want to see a good-looking? Google C.D. Lamb with his helmet off. Whoa, is that <laughs> guy good-looking? He is scary good-looking. Uh, in the meantime, I did tease this. I wanna I wanna pay it off. I did not know. That some people on this show, <clears throat> EJ, had some major beef with someone who I don't even think we've thought about this guy all that much. And that is Ryan Tannehill. We mentioned Ryan Tannehill is now going to be backing up Will Levis. No shocker there. 
And all of a sudden, EJ was out of his mind. Why do you have beef with Ryan Tannehill? I was enraged in doing my preparation for this show, looking up stories, finding headlines, seeing one of the top ESPN headlines, Ryan Tannehill, quote, it's hard being back, being the backup quarterback now in Tennessee. Give me a break. This is the same guy last year who, when they drafted Malik uh, Wilson, who was a third rounder, we're not talking about first round pick, we're not talking about somebody who's going to be right down your, your breath or right down your back in terms of, you know, looking over your shoulder. Yeah. And he was simply asked, would you be willing to, you know, mentor him, help him along, along the lines? He said, ain't it my job to mentor that kid. And now this year, you, 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 you struggle, you don't play well, you get hurt. Will Loves comes and throws in four touchdowns <laughs> in his first game, and then you get benched, which was the least surprising thing ever, and then we got to hear you say, you know, it was really hard being benched, and I'm going through it emotionally trying to figure this out. I mean, credit to him. It sounds like he's helping Will Loves out for now, but, like, I could not believe that a guy who's been so mediocre for so long in his career, who's been lucky to be a starting quarterback for 10 seasons, had the nerve to say, yeah, it's hard being a backup at age 35 in a season where I can't stay healthy and I can't help my team win games. I'm going to be honest. I mean, valid points, EJ. I just can't believe anyone's thought about Ryan Tannehill this much. You, you've you given him more uh, thought and oxygen, I think, than anybody. I totally disagree with you. If your starting quarterback says it's easy to be benched, that means he's not competitive. This is the must why situation everybody has to say it's hard to be benched. I, I, if he did say that, he'd get murdered, not by you, but by every, if he said, oh, it's easy for me to be benched, I don't care, I'm getting $20 million a year, you have to say it's hard, right? No, no, I, I don't, it's not about saying that it's easy. What you say is, yeah, you know what, I didn't play that great, but Will Levis, he, you know, he's got a bright future, I'm really excited to work with him, mm. and he did say some of those things. He, yeah. he, was, he was soft, but he did say some of those I things. I feel like you come off as not competitive if you say all those things, and I gotta say, the funny thing is, I've never heard anyone say Ryan Tannehill is anything but a nice guy. No, but like, He's no. like the, the most like bland, nice guy in well, NFL history. No, but the Malik Willis thing was a little odd. He's like, it's not my job he to was, teach him the ropes, but he also did say he was like in a pretty dark place after the playoff loss but I, to the Bengals because he through three picks, I believe. I got to tell you, the fact that Ryan Tannehill said that, guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, all of them immediately just ignore the backup for years. Where at least Tannehill saying that was acknowledging, I, I don't know, it, it, he probably helped Malik Willis more than anybody did. He is not like this bad guy quarterback by any means. No, I totally disagree. I mean, that was complete loser energy. You're talking about a franchise that's been trying to find a guy, and you haven't been the answer. So, okay, you don't got to say, I'm not the answer, I suck, so therefore, please take my job. But once your time is coming, or when you see the team looking towards the future, you can say, I want to be a starter, I'm going to work hard, but I'm going to help this kid out as much as he can, and, and, and that's fine. Like it's about the team, it's yeah. not about me. But like, that, he still always makes it about that's him. That's lip service. That, oh. Yeah, I, I don't even believe guys who say that. But Here's also, a, like, yes. it's, it, the... the the makeup of a Ryan Tannehill type of quarterback is different than Aaron Rodgers, than Tom Brady, guys you're mentioning. Like, Ryan Tannehill is a stopgap. Like, he's brought in with the understanding that eventually he's going to be replaced. Him having the attitude of, oh, like, nobody's coming for this job and I'm not helping any of these young kids that come in here, that is bozo energy. <laughs> How about this? How much total career earnings do you think Ryan Tannehill's made? Eight Ooh. seasons in Miami, five seasons in Tennessee. 180? 200 million. 220. 123. How many times has he made the playoffs? 
Not so, much. <laughs> no, I think he's pretty good. I think his wins. Now how many? Well, how many wins does he have in the playoffs? I would say. Is, is, does he have one? Didn't it? so two? he he wasn't there on the conference title t- team. I, I think he's had actually a shocking he's two and three in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, so he's made the playoffs. All, all with times. Tennessee because Miami they made the playoffs, but he was hurt. I believe it was Matt Moore who started against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. I, I'm I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, EJ, but I do think any quarterback who says, "Oh, I'm okay getting benched." That's not good. It's not about saying I'm okay without being benched. It's that the first time you had a crack at this, you failed on the answer. Nobody okay. thought that okay. that Malik Wilson Willis thing was cool. And then the second time you get a crack at it, you got you can't say I'm ready to help Will Levis without saying, "Yeah, you know, it was really hard for me to be a backup." You're 35 years old. You started over 150 games. Come on. <laughs> give it up now. It's like, he's a real Hubie Brown. We're talking about guys that should be willing to give it up. <laughs> you're, you're a Jets fan. You have a million quarterbacks to hate. Why Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> you know, I, don't like, I don't like guys who, who don't help out young people. That you, you send the elevator down, you got to bring the elevator back up. Thank you, EJ Stewart, who is <laughs> thinking about Ryan Tannehill more than anybody in the NFL. Thank you to Manny Rodriguez. Thank you to Andrew Kaplan. To Peter Schwartz helped us out today. Widows and coffee drinkers, you guys, chef's kiss on point. We'll see you tomorrow. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.